Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You are listening to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seaf and every week I'm joined by one very special guest who's here to educate you into the unknown. If you were listening to Secure the Insecure and you had episode 19, you would have heard Tal Booker. This is what happened. I was I was committing suicide slowly. Do you think it could have ended in suicide? Absolutely, you know. And by the end of it, I had two options: I had get help, or or take my own life. That at the end of it, those were my those were my two options. And throughout that time, it crossed my mind every single day. And you know, thankfully, I never I never took steps towards that but it was it was certainly on my mind a lot why do you think you didn't take those steps because i didn't want to die i didn't want to live but i didn't want to die and tales returned to circadian skin because i feel like we just scraped the surface i feel like there was so much there to go in depth with but i thought we need to hear his story, but also, as he spoke about, his surroundings, the people who he associated with himself, affected the way that he lives. And so we're doing this again with Tao, but also his brother Eyal's come along as well. And you'll know Eyal from, God, where do we begin with all these TV shows? <laughs> Love Island, Celebs on the Ranch, Celebrity X Factor, Celebrity, Celebrity, Celebrity. Um, so Eyal Tao, thank you so much for doing this for me. Pleasure. Pleasure. Three brothers with a one year gap between your oldest and Tao. Yeah. You each had your own year and you held that year in the palm of your hands. Again, I very much disagree. Well, exactly. <laughs> and I could also disagree with you, you know. Um I knew that I was somewhat of a popular kid. What what was that? What was that moment for you that you went unpopular? Well I had... think from the from No very I don't think it started in school, I think, you know. Yeah, uh, but you say that, but, you know, I always struggled at school, in t- not in a social capacity, and socially I don't struggle, but, you know, in the academic side of things, I was dyslexic, or I am dyslexic, although I don't really like to use it as a label, but growing up it was definitely a label that was put on me. I didn't 
I wasn't good at school, you know. I didn't do well in class. I was moved into bottom sets. I was in, I was in SEN maths, you know. And so there was this contrast between, yeah, I was a popular kid in my social life, but then I would, I would go to an area that was deemed as kind of really not cool. And you weren't academic. You're not clever. You're not smart. Therefore, how are you cool? And, and you don't do well at school. Sports, I did well. And that was fine. But everywhere else, I wasn't really striving. People like to try and judge me for it to an extent. But, you know, I never allowed it to define me as a person. And I still don't to this day. I, I believe we all have strengths and weaknesses as individuals, you know, and thankfully, moving past school, I was able to find my strengths and, you know, you home in on your strengths and you improve them and you work on them and your weaknesses become things that you also improve, but but you kind of steer away from them, you know? So I was never going to be a mathematician or a scientist or go into kind of financial trading in the city because that wouldn't have worked for me. So together as brothers, with your third brother, Ariel, as well, mm. What do you think were similar between you and what do you think were the big differences between you? I don't actually think there was much similar between No, us. I kind of agree. I don't really see... I mean, other than being born from the same parents, living in the same house and, and going to the same school and kind of going up in life through the same route, it's hard to see the similarities. Other, and also, I guess, at the, how we look as well. We, other than that, I think we're, we're very different... When you peel back the layers, the like we're we're very different people. But the three of you moved out when you were very very young and and bought your own property. Yeah, well we mm. rented, but what people from the outside see. But truthfully, that was because of family circumstances. And yeah, we um, never we never we didn't we didn't choose. I mean, I guess we chose to move out, but we you know our parents split up, and we didn't at the time didn't feel comfortable living with anyone that I guess wasn't our parents so the the best option for us was to move out and have a safe space for us and for anyone you know my mum my dad anyone who it was to come to our safe space rather than taking us and putting us in a space that we didn't feel completely comfortable and I also you know all three of us didn't go to uni that wasn't really an option for us because it wasn't something that we saw a future with. I mean, it was an option, yeah. but it's not something that any of us, you know, uh, I think a lot of our family, on on our side of the family in particular, un university didn't really equal success. And so we kind of, we were encouraged to, to do things that we felt comfortable with and that we, that we were happy with and, and that kind of led us on our journey as opposed to just, you know, finish school, go to uni, get a job. Like we were always pushed to do things that we loved. And that yeah. was quite an important I, thing for I us. I think the question always came is how do we gain the independence? And yeah, mainly the independence that people at uni gain without going to uni. And that was by moving out and trying to live on our own two feet. And do you think it was important to have that independence? Because some people be like, look, I'm comfortable. I'm in my mum and dad's house or I'm in a blended family or I'm in a broken family, but I'm still the child. Whereas you had to grow up quite quickly and a lot quicker than people even who had gone to uni. So I would say that it affected all, all three of us differently. I, I mean, for me, looking back on it now, I don't think I was ready to move out. I mean, you listen to my last podcast. I mean, things didn't turn out that I mean thank god everything's good now but you know things were difficult for me and I think I think a lot of that stemmed from trying to find my way in the world 
being an adult when not really ready to be one. So I was end of 17, so you were Yeah, like so 19, I was 19, 20. 20. So young. Yeah, it um, is really young. And, and also that bravado of being men as well, of yeah, yes. I'm a 17-year-old, oh, I'm an 18-year-old, oh, I'm a 19-year-old, like lads. But, you know, and we, we, we took advantage of that. We really... Massively, we created probably an unhealthy environment to an extent for all of us, but we also had a safe place that us and our friends and anyone else who we wanted could come over and and hang out or throw parties or do what we wanted to do and it for me i don't know in a sense i don't really look back and think it at first it was weird it was a, it was a weird situation you know not saying goodnight to your parents anymore or just like putting yourself to bed and stuff but i think for me, it allowed me a sense of freedom that I guess I was kind of yearning for and an independence that I wanted to try things on my own and, and learn how to navigate through through life and the world. But at the same time, our parents lived around the corner, you know, so they weren't a million miles away. It wasn't like they didn't check in on us. But everyone's lives were going in different directions, and that was necessary for everyone. The way I the way I saw it a lot of the time was that people would come over and kind of I don't want to say use in a negative way, but use and abuse our home that was our home. No, they would. And 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 then they'd they'd leave at the end of the night when the party finishes. You know, almost as a metaphor, when the party finishes, we were left there to pick up the pieces yeah. and to and, to go to bed. Or when your fridge has been raided you know, and then everyone leaves. We still need yeah, to eat. Yeah, we need to eat. Yeah. And it's it's an interesting... I used to get into trouble quite a lot for it. Um, I think more so, and only now looking back, having grown up and having realised that I used to abuse our home, and I guess that was my way of of comforting myself and making sure that I didn't feel alone as a young adult that had just moved out. So I would continuously surround our house with as many friends as possible until as late as possible so that I always felt like there was some kind of family dynamic. I think it's a defence mechanism for myself. I constantly make sure I'm doing something. Even even now, you know, we, we've always had a dog. Our dog lived with us, you know. If there was no one around, I'd be training in the garden or going somewhere or doing something. So for me... No, or we'll sit and play zombie Call of Duty. Over the past six months, what I've learned is that emotions is energy in motion, and the whole, and so that in in the the sense of in motion, they need to be they need to be allowed to move, and you know as soon as you stop your emotions from travelling, because emotions change. What you feel now is not how you're going to feel in ten minutes time. So when you stop them from moving, you're just you allow them to fester and you allow them to sit, and they will come back my my drive and what i wanted to build for myself was always my number one focus nothing really changed until we moved till i got slightly older i think i almost felt like i was invincible back then and i was able to do everything so i'd be having mates over partying to hang it wasn't partying we were just chilling and hanging out until 1 2 a.m and then i would have booked a modeling job and i would have been on the train at 6 37 a.m and on my way to that it was all possible i wasn't going to give on any aspect of my life but what i wanted to achieve was i was so aware of that i i did use the time 
proactively if I wasn't with my friends and work was my priority. Becoming a model, trying to be a model, you know, I would I'd put everything into that. And as soon as I got those opportunities, then I guess, yeah, life did start to change because I realized that the more you manifest and believe and the more energy you put into what you want to achieve, the more likely you are to get something out of it. Socialising was something I really struggled with in the academic side. I was pretty good at and that didn't really change. So, you know, I I started working pretty young. You know, as soon as I could, I got got a job at the, my barber shop, sweeping the floor. And I never, re- I don't really remember life not actually working. I had a harder time balancing socialising and working because I get my mind tires probably faster than Eyal. So Eyal can be out all day working and he can get home and still be ready to socialise and still do things. I get drained a lot easier. So, you know, after a long day's work, the last thing I want to do when I get home is see anyone as i've got to i'm 24 now and i'd say in the past kind of really started to appreciate the kind of time that tull would take to for himself because i think there's an element of that what you have to protect your own energy and if you don't have this kind of shield up then people are draining you and draining you and draining you of your energy and you get to a point where you have no energy to give to anyone and you need to recharge and yeah i think you really struggled with actually giving yourself time to recharge yeah i would never and i would get burnt out every kind of month five six weeks for a week i would be ill with the flu or with tonsillitis or a throat infection because i would never stop and i would never take that time and i think that was my way of dealing with you know the change in our family circumstances and the dynamic shift in all our relationships with our family. And so for me, rightly or wrongfully, the way that I I deal with things is that is that I don't stop. And then maybe they'll come back later and I'll have to confront them head on. But I, I just keep on moving. And when you were so young that your parents split up, did those elements feed into the relationships that you've both had in the fact of worries that it will break down or worries that I need that extra comfort because I don't want to end up like my mum and dad being divorced? Um, I think I think it de- it it's definitely affected me. I'm at, I'm still trying to figure out in what ways it's impacted me. I mean you know with with love addiction and codependence and all this kind of thing it's like an extreme codependence is having is is almost putting extreme emotional pressure on people places and things so that i actually don't have i the way the way that my brain works is i don't have the tools in myself to make myself feel better if that makes sense that i always put the 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 pressure on on other people could... To, to make to make me feel better and you know I don't, I'm not a doctor so I don't know where that's come from but it would make sense that it's come from our family situation in one way or another because you said in the last podcast that you'd been cheated on before yeah so does that push you back into well my parents are split up I've been cheated on so actually relationships aren't just black and white and what I think a relationship should be isn't actually what yeah, it is going to be. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a hopeless romantic, so I will always, I will always, I will always expect the best in people and relationships. But as I've learned, it's not, 
it's not that black and white like people are very complicated relationships are complicated and sometimes just like the food in your fridge like relationships expire they they you know they will come to the end of their life and i think where i'm at now is learning to accept that you know not every girl i meet is the, is the person that i'm going to marry not every girl i'm intimate with is i need to be in love with and all of the, all of those things like that because i think my perception of relationship is slightly warped interesting and then for you el as a reality star you're known you're known in the public eye how was it for you as you were getting bigger to have those more private relationships away from being in a public couple when my parents split up i wasn't majorly affected by that because i still felt love from both of them but it did make me question what love was and whether love is this kind of this this feeling and and this thing that is so kind of glorified and i didn't find it until and I didn't understand it until I'm in the relationship that I'm in now. Um, what I would say is that the press will make out that you are with this person or this person or that person or this person because you'll be seen leaving a club or an event or something. Nine times out of ten, it is just a friend and there's really nothing going on. When I decide that my relationship is at a stage in order for it to be... A public relationship because I know that there's no real way of hiding that because I want somebody to share my life with and I want to share my life with somebody then I will decide to put it on social media so before Delilah I had none of the people in the press and I can put my hand on heart and say this that I was written about I have ever been with or had anything with but there were girls that I had flings with and I was dating for a short amount of time which nobody knew anything about because I would let the press run with whatever they believed was the story that they came up with because I had I wasn't able to say whether it was true or not because they had already ran with it. And how did that make you feel for your own mental health when that would come out? It was frustrating at times because I it it's almost like you you get painted this picture of you where you're kind of like some playboy that's just going from one girl to another girl in your industry and it actually wasn't true the girls that i was dating before delilah and within that time were were completely outside of of the circles that i was in because i i personally believe that unless i'm head over heels in love with somebody then why would i have a fling with somebody that i'm going to continue to see constantly and we're going to mix in the same circles and go to the same events with because it's just going to be uncomfortable and and cause bad blood what about you tell watching er's relationships play out in the press how does that make you feel as the older protective brother there were times that i thought it, you know it was quite amusing having all these people ask me oh is is it true that he's with this person is it true he's with that person and I, I guess I kind of played the game when I'd be like, oh, I can't tell you, even though I knew straight <laughs> up it wasn't true. It's just all part of the game, isn't it? And I think that's my way of of kind of having fun with Eyal's success is being able to kind of be in the know or make out I'm in the know when actually I'm none the wiser. Delilah's sister watched Love Island, um, told her that she should watch it because there's this guy on there that she thinks she'd really get onto watched it, sat on it for a bit, maybe four or five months later, DM'd me. I was like, 
oh my god who is this girl and why she dm me ended up taking her out in london for a night out um had an amazing night out together and then she went back to la and i was kind of head over heels in love like i'd never been um luckily was going to coachella and knew that she was going to be there and um was that's where we really kind of reconnected and realized that we liked each other and then built a relationship from there um going back and forwards doing long distance which isn't always easy but you know i think if you really f- have feelings for somebody then you can make it work so for those that don't know delilah's mum is lisa rena who's on the real housewives of beverly hills so you've got real housewives of beverly hills and a love island star an american star and an english star together in a relationship when you have got that long distance how did you keep the uh, affection and the excitement there without worrying about the press and without actually for yourselves as well being in a relationship that is long distance I think honesty, you know, the press love to try and get under your skin and break things down and and come up with these ideas that they've somehow put together that aren't really true. So I think anything in the press, we would straight away talk to each other about and we would be honest about. And we're in love with each other. And and so we make it work. We FaceTime all the time. We talk. We make time to see each other, spend quality time together. And we respect each other's work and the fact that we hopefully want to build something together as well so you know we we allow each other to go and do what they need to do when it comes to work and and building our future and in the time in between we get to kind of share this this amazing life and romance together some would say and i'm playing devil's advocate completely here because we're having an honest chat mm-hmm. is that some people might say well hold on a minute she's not known in london you're not known in america that she's going to use your fame to get bigger here and you're going to use her because she's friends with the Kardashians, for example, so it's going to get you in with them. Can you see how some people might see that side? Yeah, but people are fickle and they love to kind of try and find a reason why two people shouldn't be together. The fact of the matter is, is that I thought she was super hot, you know, which is fair enough because she is. I took her on a night out. We realised that we really liked each other and had this amazing connection and we've built something through that and we are really similar and really different and we're super in love with each other and you know regardless of our statuses if she was if she didn't have the status and I had still met her I would still be in love with her and I think it's the same thing and and truthfully everyone else can really believe whatever they want to believe and whatever makes them sleep better at night because we know that we're genuine in our relationship and what and what we're doing together. But does it make you insecure though when those comments come out, when those press come out that you go, Delilah, is this true? Are you actually with me? And and vice versa, because it must play in your mind that if it's written there and you're reading it, you're like, oh, I believe it. No, because honestly and truthfully, there's not one press article that I've read from start to finish that would be about me or Delilah, because I know that it's it's been an obscured, twisted version of some kind of truth and i know my reality i'm i would like to believe i'm a great judge of character and i can and and i know that there's nothing else besides an honest and true and love-filled relationship so 
Not really, to be honest. Like I sleep great at night, knowing that everyone <laughs> can think whatever they want to think. There's a lot of boys very jealous of you right oh, now yeah. saying that. And what about you, Tal? When you're watching a relationship like that, two big reality stars, and being in that bubble, how do you find getting into that bubble? Because I go to a lot of these showbiz events, and it's always that weird thing of, oh, it's really cool here, but the novelty kind of wears off, and then I feel like I can't really be part of that world, but I am kind of in that world. So what's it like for you when you're hanging out with your brother and he's with Delilah and there's a lot of cameras there and there's lots of social action there, or there might be Rita Ora and all these celebs there as well. What's it like for you? Um, first of all, AL knows this, but I love Delilah. I think she's amazing. And I and I think that it's the first relationship that I've seen Eyal in where I have real faith in, in them. Um... And Delilah knows that as well. We've got a great relationship. Um, I look forward to when she comes, like all of that stuff. And I and I love seeing them together. And I love being being the third wheel with them because that you know honestly I I really do. Um, I think it's it it has been difficult for me in the past being being on the outside on the outskirts of 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 Ayala's lifestyle and when we when he's with Delilah but I think what I'm learning is I'm learning to not do things that don't serve me because you know in the past I've 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 done things purely for the sake of doing them because I think they'll make me feel a certain way and turns out they make me feel the complete opposite and that's kind of that's that's the insanity of of how my head works is i keep is i i tend to do things that i know aren't good for me but going forward i've learned to be a lot more realistic of the places i go to and what to expect when i'm there because the reality is you know if i'm going somewhere with a yal as a plus one nobody gives shit whether i'm there or not and that is the honest truth and that's not me within I... the, no that's not just hear me out that's not that's not me in self pity but like you know the the photographers aren't bothered about whether I'm there or not no one wants to speak to me in the same way that they want to speak to you and if they speak to me it's only it's kind of it's through you and i and i've accepted that and i you know i i i don't have any resentment towards that because when i go to these places now i go to them knowing that that's the situation. The only way that I can respond to that is that he knows I've invited him not for anyone else, but for, for myself and for my own kind of support because also these events can be uncomfortable for me as much as they can be for him, you know? And I want someone there with me that supports me, that knows me, that can read me and that sometimes it's a work, you know? and. That is why I'm going there in order to do what I need to do. And so he's there to support me. Just like if I was to go to a work event with him or an event with him that he had been invited to, I would be that secondary person. They are just on different scales. Yeah, I think there's, there's no getting away from the fact that, you know, you are in the public eye. So whether whether you see it from my side or not, it's kind of irrelevant because it's fact that no, it's look, very different. I understand and it. And of course I see it. If I'm at an event, yeah, photographers, they don't give a shit. They will literally hit him with his camera and take a picture of me. <laughs> and people running the event will make sure that I'm okay and I'll introduce him and they'll make sure that I'm okay through Tal or that I'm okay. But 
friends within the industry, people that I've gone on shows with, people that I know and know me, and there is a genuine relationship, respect all. And I think and I'm yeah, nice I, to you and kind yeah, to you and I, treat you as they would me. Yeah, I I agree with so, that. I Not think, everyone, but no, but there but, there are a few yeah good people out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think staff yeah, but they're there to do a job as well. But as you said, if you were to go to an event that Tal was putting on, d- Tal for you, do you feel like? And look, I might be completely talking out of turn, but I'm gonna say it. Er's got a celebrity image. People want to see him. So does it make you feel second best at wherever you go? You've then got Er there, who's kind of in the shadows as the big reality star who people actually want to be with. They want to get on his Instagram to his nine hundred thousand followers. I think it completely depends on what frame of mind I'm in. Whether whether I let whether I let that affect me or not, because you know there's 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 been occasions where where Ayal's Ayal's come somewhere for me and it's been great. And then there's been occasions where Ayal's come somewhere for me and I feel like I'd rather him not there. That's the honest truth. But that that has nothing to do with Ayal. That has nothing to do with the way he carries himself or or what he puts out there. That is purely down to my own perception of me. And that links back to what we said last time on episode 19 about your mental health. And yeah, you think for about sure. Yourself. Because and the most the most, rela- the most important relationship you can have is not with yourself, but it's with how you think. Because that is, and that is fundamental. The most important relationship you can have is with the way you think. Because the way you think about yourself is going to determine everything. It determines the people you spend time with. I understand what you're saying and I respect what you're saying, but I actually think people forget to see it from my point of view or someone in my position's point of view as well um and it can also be quite hard when you know that you want to go and support somebody or go to something with somebody to be with them and support them and actually you know that by going you're drawing the attention away from them but actually your intentions are really pure and really honest so take for instance my little sister you know like I I love her. I love to spend time with her. I would love to go and support her at certain things and and maybe see her at school or go to something to do with school. But I know in doing that, I take the spotlight and the limelight off her and I put it on myself. And it's nothing that and there's nothing I can do about it because I chose to do what what I do and I love what I do and I, I wouldn't change that. But sometimes as as a person you also want to be able to fade into the background so that you can give somebody their own glory you know and and just be there as a normal person supporting them and so it, it a double-edged sword because it can also be difficult and our question whether i want to go to something because i don't want to draw the attention of someone else even a friend or a birthday or going to a bar with mates or something like that you just want to go and socialise and be with your mates, but actually, you change the whole dynamic of the night. And that's the interesting thing. Being in a relationship with Delilah, and together you've got 2 million Instagram followers, which, as we know, Instagram followers means everything. If you were to go to your friend's birthday party or to Tal's birthday party, and it's in a public place, and the two of you walk in together, suddenly, it doesn't matter whose party it is, whose birthday it is, we're now going to focus on I don't two. know. I've, I believe that over the past two years... I've learnt ways of being more inconspicuous and, what, and, and blending in. Well, I think my hair is quite a big defining factor of me and putting a hat on minimises the attention by about 80% to start with. Um, and I guess toning down 
my own character in certain social environments so that I'm not drawing unnecessary attention to myself. It feels okay if I know that I'm doing it for somebody that I love and support and I care about. I wouldn't do it for just anyone, but there's people in my life that I want to keep in my life and I understand that my choices and career choices and whatever indirectly impact people around me as well. And so I think you have to be mindful of the way that they feel in those situations and you can't just think about yourself. And it's also kind of nice sometimes to just blend in. And, you know, sometimes I'll be going somewhere and people will be looking at me and I'll be at Wagamama's or something. And inside I will be like, is this person staring me out or what the are they looking at me for, you know? And then I remember, oh, like, all right, I was just on X Factor on ITV or something. And that's why they're looking at me. But actually you go back to this mentality before... I got into TV and just of a genuine place of in somebody's eyes, someone that they should look at. So let's bring it all back together and let's go to the beginning. So we're here to talk about brotherhood. Tao, episode 19, you spoke about some very, very deep issues. A lot for people who have been listening to this for the first time that they didn't know about. How was it for you coming out of that afters once you heard it, once you had that reaction? Um, I kind of forgot a lot of the things I spoke about until it came out and the responses I received were really like incredible. I wasn't expecting to receive the, what I did from people. Um, turns out people struggle with that stuff a lot more than I would have expected. And, and, and I'm just really glad and proud of myself that I was able to put my fear of talking about things to one side and and really just shed some light on on not only what I experienced and still experience now but what a lot of other people go through and I'm and I'm incredibly proud and pleased that I did that and what about you Al listening to that growing up with Al knowing him but maybe not knowing the true 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 him how was that for you to hear that it was hard to hear, you know, and actually Delilah and I were sat in our hotel room in Vegas um, and it was a really emotional moment for us both um, and especially for me. And But it was beautifully raw and incredibly articulated and it, and it made me proud more than ever, you know. I, I, I know his struggle and I've witnessed it and I've almost you know we've all had to learn and change and adapt within this process because um, we are a strong family and we're a strong family unit but to to hear him be his own person that thinks and speaks because he had been lost for so long in a sense of the person who I, I knew and we knew he was was just a really nice and comforting moment to know that I'm back. Yeah, he's back and he's secure in his himself and who he is and you know like just just that I think our struggles and our trials and tribulations really define us as human beings and I think this is a defining moment for him because he has refound the person that he is with the purpose that he once had and and it's 
and it makes me proud to see as a younger brother and it's also a crazy thing you know because as a, as a younger brother you learn from your older brothers and I've always admired and aspired to be like my older brothers in my eyes Tal is the cooler brother and for him to be able to say what he did and do what he did and ask for help you know I think that's the number one thing and it took him a long time to ask for help but it shows that you're never too far gone to ask I want to give you both the opportunity because we don't give ourselves enough chance to actually tell each other how we feel and we're in a very safe space town what would you like to say to Ia about being his brother I genuinely think that Ia knows how I feel about him because I'm never I'm never too shy to let him know how proud I am of him or how 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 much I respect what he does and how hard working he is and also how much I appreciate the support that he's given me because the support that he's given me doesn't come from just anyone and you know I get the same support from Ariel and I get the same support from my sister and and my family but I think me and Eyal have always had a very close relationship and you know there's there's been many a time where it, he's been my number one fan when I didn't think I had any my final words are that I didn't know that you respected or surprise yeah so that's nice <laughs> know that it's nice to have you back and it's nice to see the person that I always believed in and the person that had been away for so long but there was always a hope that was going to come back and that you know I would try in my own way which actually wasn't the right way but wasn't the only way that I knew how in order to get that person back in some way shape or form so it's just that you know I'm proud of you more than anything and that if this is how far you've come in six months then irrespective of the past couple of years that have gone I'm excited to see what the next six months and next year and the next few years hold for you because there's been so much growth and change and personal growth that that is it's exciting for me to watch you really take your future and make it your own Tal Booker, I can't thank you enough. And that shows, you know, if you speak to each other and tell each other how you feel, how much value you both think for each other. You've both been amazing. I can't thank you enough for doing this podcast. Thank you. Um, If you like what you heard, please do rate the podcast. Please do share the podcast. It's so important to say it's okay to not be okay. And I think Ian and Tal have said so many things in this episode. It's a longer episode than we normally do, almost double the length, because we don't speak out. And our siblings know who we are, but they don't ever want to know the real us or we put a face on. So you have a public image and a private image. And I think there are elements in this podcast, which you've heard Ian Towers tell each other things that they've said for the first ever time in 24 years. And I think that's amazing. And I think that's what we should be doing is speaking. So please do share the podcast. And also tell me, have you spoken to your sibling after this, after listening and going, I've just told them something that I've never told them before. Because the value you'll both get from that will be incredible. You've been listening to Secure the Insecure with me, Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.